Hey, I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Our live events are awesome. They are such a great time, and we have such a great group of people showing up to our clinic gym hybrid live events. Now, these will be offered all throughout the country, so find a date and location that works well for you. What do we cover there? Well, the good news is you're going to get 12 CE credits in most states for covering all the aspects of regressions and progressions and finding the perfect rehab for the right client. It's not a just sit down and watch PowerPoints presentation. It is a hands-on seminar, maybe even hands-on ground seminar. You will be moving and exercising and working and actively finding the perfect exercise and rehab for your patients while we're there. We give you tons of tips and abilities to use on Monday. In fact, one of the most common things are these systems and processes were amazing and I can't wait to use them on Monday. That's one of the most common forms of feedback we hear all about our coursework. So it's a two-day seminar, usually Saturday and Sunday, but check out clinicgymhybrid.com and look at our live event page to find the education that works well for you. Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. I am so glad you're here. It is our goal to help 10,000 offices build into a clinic gym. Why? It's the best version of musculoskeletal care, and it's the only version that's perfectly in line with the evidence. The word exercise comes up more than any other word in the research, so let's implement that And this interview was built to help you understand how to do that. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, as always, Dr. Josh Satterley. Today, it is my pleasure to be joined by Megan Mensel. How are you, Megan? I'm doing great. Thank you. Did I screw up the name there? Not really. A little bit. I answered everything. Menzel. Ah, all right. (laughs) So, everybody, we're talking to Megan Menzel from Jane app. Now Jane is our favorite software, uh, you know, to use for EMR, um, and, and record keeping. I use in my own clinic and I'm actually an, an ambassador. So I'm looking for one of those cool shirts with the ropes around the shoulders, you know, like I feel like at ambassador. Absolutely. Should get those. Yeah. Oh yeah. I uh, agree. Yeah. And those cool flags that are, they put at the front of cars, like dignitaries drive, you know, I think I yeah. should get some Jane flags. Anyways, I'll, uh, I'll I want in the order. Okay. Thank you. I wanted to have you on today, Megan, because I think Jane is awesome. And I think that, you know, it's like any software product we all use, like Microsoft Excel can do amazing things, but sometimes you don't know what it can do if you haven't spent a weekend diving into YouTube videos and and support calls. And, and you don't know how life your, how easy your life could become if you just put in a little bit of effort on the front end. Uh, and the software already has features in there to help you out. So can you, uh, since I know your background, you you were an office manager, you were on the streets, you know, dealing with people face-to-face, and now you are there at Jane making sure users like your old self can use the software, but also making sure that features are, you know, street-worthy, not just good ideas at the corporate headquarters, but actually like, hey, this makes somebody's life a whole lot easier. Can you give my listeners a little background on how you came up in the world and how you ended up at Jane? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, So yeah, I started out, actually, I started out as a mom that was going to a chiropractic clinic all the time. And my chiropractor reached out to me and said, hey, would you be interested in working a Saturday shift? And that's kind of how I broke into it. Um, I worked as an office manager at a chiropractic, primarily chiropractic clinic for nearly nine years before I started at Jane. So we did chiropractic, massage, acupuncture, a little bit of aesthetics at our clinic there. And, um, And I used Jane in clinic. We used a previous software before we moved over to Jane. And, um, I loved Jane. I loved it when I was using the software. Like I was blown away by the amount of time that I was saving every day in admin tasks that my old software just didn't account for. So, you know, as I kind of was exploring career options and whatnot, I, I decided to reach out to Jane and say, hey, I'd like to work for you. And uh, I was lucky enough that they agreed. And I've been with Jane for about five and a half years now. Nice. So if you were using it five and a half years ago or six and a half years ago, it was in its early stages. I mean, they've added, you know, listeners to this podcast will know, like they added memberships and packages, which I think is awesome. That that can help out so many clinic gym uh, uh, operators that it's huge. But what are some other features that you're like, oh my God, when I was in practice, I wished for this every day. 
relationships, hands down relationships. Um, We had so many situations where, well, to begin with in our clinic, we weren't even offering online booking at all. So once we started offering online booking, what was happening is people were booking appointments for themselves a lot of them, one after another. And then, you know, there'd be a little note saying, this is for my son, or this is for my daughter, or, you know, surprise, the husband would show up for the appointment instead. So relationships was something that when it went live on Jane and being able to link and being able to allow somebody to book Mm -hmm. in somebody else's name or fill out an intake form for a child was... Like, I was so excited. I phoned up my old clinic and I was like, I've got a feature for you to turn on. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the ability for, you know, you to log in and make an appointment for your kid or schedule an appointment, but say, this is actually for my spouse, my kid, my, you know, whatever parent. And uh, yeah, I think that's fantastic, especially in the world of online booking. Because I think, let's say parents, for example, my parents, uh, they're not tech savvy. You know, right? Yet I don't. I I know that they also struggle. Like they'll call a doctor's office three or four times trying to get an appointment and complain to me, like, "Oh, I called them all three times and I never heard back." And it's like, yeah, if they had online booking, we could just go in and book for you. But I want to make their life easy and ensure they get the care they need. So I would just book the appointment, right? Yeah, right. That's huge. That's huge. Also, from a marketing perspective, I would love if there's a report of who books for everyone else. Because I would just send that person flowers and be like, we love you here at Engaged Spine and Joint. Because, you know, if you're booking five appointments at a time for people, I would send you chocolates on your birthday, man. (laughs) We want to make it (laughs) so easy for you to schedule everybody in your family and your neighbors, too. I mean, no reason you can't. Yeah, that's awesome. Totally agree. Yeah. Nice. And just that ease, you know, it's nice. I even, even myself, when I left the clinic and I was booking for my kids, I've got two kids mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're older now, 21 and 19, but still come to me and are like, mom, can you book my appointment? It's so nice to not have to log out of my profile, log into, you know, their profile or find out what there is and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. just to be able to go in, select the appointment I want, and then have Jane just pop up with who is this appointment for? Yeah. Yeah. And Easy. again, like knowing too, like, um, you know, from the doctor, like if, if you've been telling me at the last two visits about your husband and hey, he's got this back thing and he's, you know, he's had a bad experience before and blah, 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 blah. And I see that he was booked by you. I want to, I want to smooth out that path and say, I know that, you know, Megan and I have talked about you. Megan and I, she told me about some of the struggles. Like, build that trust in that relationship. It's not just some random person. It's the gold standard of, of business, which is a referral, right? A, a highest order referral. Absolutely. Totally yeah. agree. That's fantastic. Well, I'll tell one feature I love. And then if you have another feature that I think is fantastic, I would love you to share. Um, you know, I'll go back memberships and packages. And I would even say, forget the packages, everybody. I don't like packages because they have a terminal date. Right. So you have to kind of manage that and be like, oh, I don't want to ask you on your last visit. I want to ask you your third or second to last visit. But I'll say memberships. If you can get to the point, and I'll tell you this from owning a gym, if you can get to the point where most of your money comes in on a recurring revenue model and you're just billing memberships every month. So let's say everybody that comes in is billed $250 a month for, you know, workouts and whatnot, it makes it so easy to manage your finances. You can A, predict it, B, you don't have to take any action to collect the money. And I'll tell you, I mean, you're an office manager, you know what it's like, let's say that you're really good at collecting money and then you're sick on Friday and I've got a stacked full schedule of patients. I'm coming out in between, all right, Mrs. Johnson, good to see you. Now, Mrs. Uh, you know, Landingham, come on in here. It To stop, take a second and go, let me run your card is a pain in the butt. In fact, most of the times I would do yeah. it, I would just mark on the calendar like collect next time, collect next time. And I'd say, hey, is it okay if you know Jessica collects next time from you? The reason for that is it just slows you down so much. And that's if it's successful. If it's like, oh, we have the wrong card number or the, you know, it's an expired card or whatever. Holy Jesus, does that add time. So just getting into that recurring revenue model of just monthly billing for whatever services or or package you feel is successful 
makes your life so much easier to manage, your office so much easier to manage. And then, you know, automate the payments. There's a great saying yeah. in the world of, of, you know, marketing automation, CRMs, you can't automate a hug, right? You can't right. do that, but you can take all the other things off your plate to allow the time to give that hug or spend a three minutes asking some very pointed questions or Coleman is consoling somebody on, you know, you found out they, I, I can remember one patient had a miscarriage and it's like, oh my God, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. And those two minutes of extra time are precious. And I don't want to spend them upstairs swiping a card on the terminal, right? So those memberships are absolutely are agree. Yeah. yeah. And with that, you know, that's one of the things that I loved about Jane and, and why I was so passionate about wanting to work for Jane is because I recognized that there were so many aspects of my job that Jane really acted like a coworker with me. You know, having something like Jane Payments linked to my account made it so that I could sit down and maybe offer one of our clients a cup of tea because I could see that they were having a, you know, a bit of a day or just have that connection with them before they went in with the practitioner. And I knew Jane had my back with that. Yeah. You just reminded me payments to uh, linking that. Now, I know a lot of practitioners post in a lot of groups and they're like, oh, I'm, you know, so whatever payment providers charge me 3.5% plus 50%, 50 cents on every transaction, or this company's charging me 3.185%. And they're like, hey, that's, that's great. I want to offer a different perspective. I want everybody on this, listening to this, make a ton of money. I hope you can put your kids through college, retire early, go on the vacations you want. I want it all for you. One thing I want you to think about is, add up the difference in the percentage you would make from 3.5 to 3.1285 or whatever the reduced rate is. And over the year, this is what I did. I realized it was about $927. I don't know why that number sticks in my mind, but I remember it, $927. But we made a big mistake that cost way more than that. And that's why I want a linked payment terminal and EHR. So I had a client come in. His last name was Sanderson. We had another client that wasn't coming in with the last name of Sanders. Now, Sanders and Sanderson are very close, right? So Sanders, Mr. Sanders calls me one day and says, hey, I've been getting this random charge uh, a couple times a week from your office, and I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to buy a house, and there's $1,800 of charges that I don't understand. And I was like, hmm. And so what I ended up finding out after investigation was my front desk person was typing in Sanders, right? To look up Sanderson. And the first one pop up is Sanders, not Sanderson. And they are charging him for another client's thing. Why? Because those two things weren't linked. If we had had his record up, there could have been, we didn't have to look it up, right? We said charge to this account and the payments would have automatically gone in there. We would have avoided a very uncomfortable situation and a very uncomfortable conversation when I said, I'm going to refund all your money, $1,800, and him saying, I think you need to do more than that. And me saying, uh, okay. So I think linking the payments in the EHR is huge. And I would say, yeah. look at what it preserves. You also can't misenter information or you don't have to look at your EHR and go, oh, they owe 58.71, and then go to the credit card terminal, type in 58.71. Right. We don't have to do those things if they're linked. So that's one of my yeah. favorite features. Yeah. How about you? What what else have you what other features have you seen as a office manager turned, you know, software instructor pro teacher? <laughs> yeah. Um the group sessions that has, you mm. know, recently come out in chain. So mm-hmm. we have um we've had classes available in Jane for a few years now where you can, you know, book a one-off class for something and put in your participants. But now we have group sessions where you can actually book in um, a group of people. So, you know, if you have a family coming in, we can assign the payment to one person. Um, I love that. And then going kind of off in a separate little piece of that, but we have the group telehealth coming out now. So for telehealth, um, and I know that in in our in my old clinic, um, I still I still think of it as my clinic. <laughs> but um, with some of the COVID pieces shutting down the clinic, um, 
our chiropractors were still allowed to work, but they had to do a telehealth, um, oh, like virtual check-in with the person to find out if they actually had to come in. So having that telehealth component was really, really nice for them to use. But now having the ability to have these group sessions, um, which is just launching in Jane like this week, actually. So I'm really, really excited about that piece of, of where Jane's going in, in growth. That's awesome. You know, I can think of a strange uh, use case for that. So I, um, I, for whatever reason, somehow this group of Chinese golfers heard about my clinic and my specialty within um, golf fitness. And in the, when they're, I can't remember where they were in China, but they'd be in the winter. And so they'd fly here to Las Vegas to live for three months to train through the quote unquote winter. But for us, it was like the summer, right? They're in the Southern hemisphere. I think I can't remember. That doesn't sound right. But anyways, for whatever reason, now the person I was booking with, I could have used relationships and group sessions. There was their sports agent. So the sports agent would call and say, Hey, do you have the ability to train with these four, four golfers? The reason that that'd be so convenient is they spoke hundred percent Chinese and I spoke hundred percent English and we had to do hand motions and demonstrations and everything, but converse, you know, together. So if that person could have booked and they were also that sports agent was also the person paying, you know, so I would have to generate a bill, stuff four bills in an envelope. You know, he'd stop by every couple of weeks and take care of it. Never was a problem, but you know, that could have been a much better system. Um, but let me ask you this, since you understand the software intimately, we have a lot of people listening who are chiropractors, some physical therapists, but mostly chiropractors. And they are also offering like fitness memberships in their office. So small classes, four to six people coming in, doing an hour long workout, want to charge a monthly membership fee, right? So let's just say 250 bucks a month or 249. And then when people come in, we want to make it as easy as possible for the patients or the clients to check in as easy as possible for the trainer, the person running the class to log whatever they need and as easy as possible for the doctor to set it up, right? Right. Knowing all those things, would you set it up as a membership? And then what would be the procedure if you can verbalize it for the trainer checking everybody in and then for the doctor to set up billing or the owner of the practice? I'll say this, I say doctor, but it's probably the owner of the practice setting up the billing. Any, any ways, because sometimes in software, you know, like what we say, like relationships doesn't sound as powerful as it is or in Excel, like, you know, moving tabs can make or pull down menus can make a huge difference. So when I say that, what do you think? What are some ways we can set that up more efficiently? Yeah, absolutely. Mm, Such a good like use case one. So the, the classes are always super handy to just see everything without having to book people side by side. I love the classes for just getting all my participants in and then actually expanding out and having each of them have their own membership, getting those billing components in there. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you're muted. Yeah, it's my first time doing a podcast. I apologize. No. Um, <laughs> in Jane, you know, sometimes we yep. do it. Uh, I'm not looking at it right now, but classes, creating the classes and having the having the patients or clients or whatever we call them uh, attend is different than the billing aspect of it. So we have two things going on. We have to bill them for their membership, which gives them access to classes. But then whether yep. they go to one class a month, zero, eight, whatever, is kind of a different act. Okay. Right. Totally. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you're nodding your head, Megan, points. I, you know, which is great. <laughs> so for the listeners, it's an audio podcast, but she's, yeah. she's vehemently agreeing with that idea. That seems to be the setup. <laughs> Cause here's one, one of the struggles is if you just go and set up a membership, it doesn't tell you how to log who attended, who didn't. Right. It just tells right. you, Hey, we're setting up monthly billing. Yeah. And I think it's important yeah. like to understand the two sides of that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, when we have the class and we arrive them, it is still going to create that that invoice, which is going to let us know that they have have actually attended. So, whether or not um, we're using something like um, 
the membership to link into there and hold on to the the zero dollar value of that class so that you know they've got the one payment there um but when we can go into their profile we can actually see that they've attended because we have arrived at so it's going to link into their billing components there now just i just want to make sure everybody understands what megan's saying when she's saying arrived that's the way to say the person might have scheduled or might have told you to come in but that's actually how to say they're physically in our office or yeah. They're on Zoom, but for most chiropractors, they're physically in our office. They have arrived with their feet in the clinic and they have attended that. Very important in the gym business, very important in, co- in chiropractic clinic. And they also said one detail I just want to cover. When we set that up, the class should have a $0 cost per class. So let's say that you yeah. sign up for a $250 membership, Megan. It means that you can train three times a week, right? Or yep. 12 workouts a month or whatever you want to say, 13, 14 workouts a month. So the class has a $0 cost, but I can't get access to schedule that class unless I have a mem- active membership for $250. So I need to create right. two different things. Okay. Yeah, that's, yep. very, that's very useful, I think, for people to understand is how to break that out. So classes and memberships are both going on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of an interesting thing about Jane in general is whether or not you're using an individual um, appointment that somebody's booking in a class, a group session. The way that Jane works is that letting Jane know that somebody has arrived is, you know, attending, whether it be virtually or actually in your office, is the item that generates the invoice. So that invoice may be a zero charge for this thing because there's a membership, but it's still generating that invoice that allows Jane to know that that thing actually did happen. So maybe if I'm, if I'm thinking through this, like I'm going to have my members and then I'm also going to have people that are trying it out, right? I'm, hey, why don't mm-hmm. you, Megan, why don't you come tonight to work out? And you go, okay, great. How much is it? And I say $20. I would have a $0 cost class and I would have almost the same class, but then a $20 cost, which is only used for people who don't have an active membership. Is that the best way to do it? Well, I would actually use an adjustment for something like that. So you might have that $0 class, Mm. but then when you got those one-off people, you can actually add into their billing. So when you go in and ride them, you can put in that adjustment that overrides the $0 cost to $20. Adjustments allow us to adjust the cost of the invoice. They're so powerful. And this is why we love Megan. This is exactly why I want to get into it because I think you said two things. What I'm hearing is arriving people is and and using the same class and adjusting the cost later to those who don't have an active membership what i have a gut feeling of that's going to produce more accurate and cleaner reporting i can look at those things two three six months from now and make a decision you know is it worth giving those classes do a lot of those people turn into members if not get the hell away from it don't you know don't don't charge for it but it you know oftentimes when we set up our systems, we forget that later on, we're going to want reporting. And yeah. the best business people in the world, I know, set up the re- reporting on the front. I just took this Facebook ads course and the guy's like, the first step is setting up reporting. Forget the re- ads. Yeah. I'm like, oh, and he's like, because if you set if you set that up incorrectly, you're going to be chasing your tail trying to find out which ads work and which don't. I was like, oh, that's a yeah. great way to do that. And I know Jane has some great reporting. And for example, we need to report on how many people attended how, uh, how many classes that coach taught so that we can pay them correctly, which is something that Jane does. But if we don't set it up the right way, then the reporting is going to be wonky. Yeah. So you're rubbing yeah. your hands together and I see your, I your hair's curling I'm... and your, you know, your <laughs> so eyes excited. are twinkling. Yeah. So talk, <laughs> talk to me. What do you got? So one of my ultimate favorite reports that I think is the most underutilized report out there is the product performance report. I love the product performance report. I use it all the time in clinic for multiple things, but the power in the product performance report is you can actually see how popular things are. So when we have a treatment, we can go in and see that from this timeline to this timeline, 
X amount of these treatments were happen. Like they actually happen based on those arrivals, right? The other um, thing that we can do that, and the longer you use your Jane account, in my opinion, the more powerful this report becomes because I can start pulling the report from, you know, January to May of 2022. And then I can start comparing it to 2021, look at my, um, my numbers for 2023 and actually look at the health of my clinic. But another way that we can use it is when we are actually selling products, like the, the true, like the product performance. I used to look at it like, okay, Valentine's Day is coming up, you know, and I wouldn't be looking at it this week. I would have done it a little bit ago, but what were the popular things that happened in the weeks coming up to Valentine's Day, right? What kind of, did I have more of you know, initial appointments? Did I sell a lot of foam rollers? Did I, you know, whatever it was, and I could I'll, I'll tell you set a great my one. orders? The second yeah. week in April, when we offered our golf fitness programs, the second week in April was always a huge surge for the next month of sales, of like yep. golf assessments, um, uh, fitness classes and all that. Do you, I'll ask you, but you want to guess why? Promoting it. Looking at those things, having yeah. this, having it all there. The the biggest event in golf is the Masters, which occurs yeah. the second weekend in April. So people watch the Masters. Yep. They make a big hubbub about who wins and says, this is finally the year I'm going to get in shape. And then it would call us the following week or the following couple of weeks, you know, and say, this is the week, blah, blah, blah. And it was always funny because it's like, of all the dates, you're like, New Year's? No. Uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving year? No. Uh, middle of summer, no. And it's like, oh, the Masters, you know, they spent all week, sun, Saturday and Sunday, just getting excited about it. And they're like, I want to get out. I want to get good at golf. You know, they're watching it and boom, you, we'd see this huge surge. So it's funny. That's also the month that Amazon sells the most golf related books as well. So it's not just <laughs> us, but I found that out. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you can see that performance and you can also see, you know, not. I don't want to break any hearts here, but you're going to have duds. You're going to have yep. programs or products that just, you you go, oh, you know, uh, my favorite patient, Joe, bought a foam roller. And then you realize, holy crap, we buy, we sell four foam rollers every six months. It's not worth the time, expense, space. You know, you got to store all that crap. Yep. And so with products, pr product performance, we can look at physical products versus memberships versus yep. services. So I could say what makes us more chiropractic, massage, or fitness classes? Yeah, absolutely. And you can actually look at this report based on staff members too. So if you have multiple practitioners in your clinic and you want to see like what is going on, wow. I used to have a lot of my practitioners come to me and say, I'm not as busy as I was last year at this time. What's going on? Are you not talking me up? What is, you know, like what's happening? Why am I not so busy? And I can literally pull the reports and say, well, you know, this year you actually have a lot more initial appointments compared to last year. So it might not feel like you're that busy, but actually your business is growing. Interesting. Interesting. So okay. Facts, you know, yeah. it's right there. Or if the revenue is lower, but they did have more new patient visits, you could say you're starting people well, but we're not continuing them on. Exactly. They're not completing their, yeah. yeah. Are you Can educating you, your clients on why they need to come back? Right. Can you cross compare that to the income of those practitioners? So if, if I think, you know, Megan saw 28 people on average last year at this time. Now she's seeing, seeing 38. Is she more profitable? You'd be like, oh, more visits. It has to be more profitable. But what if the compensation structure, and, and I know, I'm sure you've seen this in some of the clinics you've worked with. Sometimes people are compensating themselves out of business. Like they're paying yeah. everybody else so much that they're going to go out of business. Um, I have a friend who's a gym consultant and he says, if you pay trainers more than 55%, you are actively losing money. And the worst thing can happen is if they get busy. And I was like, what? Yeah. I saw it firsthand. I was like, holy crap, these margins are super thin. But do you know, can you cross compare that to see like who is profitable or what services are profitable? Because you guys so can do compensation reports, right? I can do yeah. my, how much do I owe my, yeah. my employees through your program, which is awesome, by the way. I think people overlook how powerful that is, but 
so powerful. Yeah. yeah. And also with the compensation report too, you can actually look at um, like the values that are, that are coming in, you know, the cost per debit transactions or visa transactions and whatnot. So that, you know, more and more clinics are passing those costs on to the various practitioners. Now, looking at the product performance report, compensation report, they're looking at completely different things. So you're not really cross-referencing them unless you did something like exporting the product performance report to Excel and then you've got power in there. But there is values that are going to come into that product performance report. So um, we can put, pull the, the, the actual dollar values that came in for my initial visits, um, for my subsequent treatments, for my, my gym classes, whatever it be, and look at those numbers. But then when we're looking mm-hmm. at the products themselves, there'll be, this is a number that was brought in, but this was actually the cost of the product as well. So it's going to bring you um, a profit total on the actual products that you brought in. Yeah. And sometimes and that can I be surprising. Export- yeah, absolutely. I think people don't realize, but I could export that to a spreadsheet and then export the yeah. compensation and say month by month. So in you know May, yeah. Megan saw 238 total visits for, I'm just making up numbers here, $44,000 yeah. and we paid her $8,000. Is that good? Yeah. And then the next month she saw 20 less people, but the revenue was in 20 less people. The revenue was only 4% less, but we paid her 94% of what we paid her the month before. Is that so profitable? I think that's a great cross comparison. Yeah. The other power that Jane has with that compensation report too, that I think that is overlooked by people setting up their clinics is income categories. You know, um, in my old clinic, we sold orthotics. We had a completely different compensation structure for the orthotics than we did Mm. for regular products that were Mm -hmm. sold, right? So we actually set up income categories for various types of things so that we can break down and and really tweak what those percentages were going to be paid out to the practitioners and also gather that data. Yeah. So in the model of the clinic gym, you could, you could tell the, so for example, it would be worthwhile, like your orthotics idea. You know, let's say that uh, I'm a, I have an associate Cairo and he gets paid, he or she gets paid. I was making up numbers here. 50% of the revenue that comes in from that patient per visit. But yep. if I sell them on a membership, I could say, hey, you get the entire first month. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't do this, but you could say you get the entire, entire first month of membership because that's so much more valuable to us to have somebody join the membership than just come in for one more visit. So we'll give you that entire thing. Uh, I could make that, I could find a way to make that compensation reportable. Um, in that case, for that one month, it might be a little bit different, but yeah, you could absolutely assign it in income category of its own and then use again, something like an adjustment in there to factor out that piece. But, um, the income categories can be really powerful in that Jane comes pre-populated with treatment incomes and product Mm -hmm. incomes. Those are very, Mm -hmm. very like, I am treating my patient. I am selling them a product. But what about documentation income? We can add documentation income. And maybe the majority of that goes to the clinic rather than the practitioner because the admin staff puts together that. Or depending on how your clinic works, maybe it is the practitioner that's doing that. So, you know, the clinic is hands off. But then we have... um, you know, we have those orthotic income categories. We yeah. have gym membership income categories. And then we can have as many of those income categories that make sense. And all like all of the reporting then becomes more yeah. fine-tuned. Right. Yeah, I think what you're saying is like in your clinic when you had Cairo, acupuncture, and aesthetics, just start tracking the, the gross out of each one of those, right? Yep. yep. And then look at the cost of delivering those. It's going to give you a good thing. Then say, based on that cost, which one should we scale up? And you might be like, well, we can't physically scale up chiropractic anymore. We already have Dr. Smith working 40 hours a week. So what about aesthetics versus acu? And you go, oh, well, acupuncture is 11% more profitable. Makes the decision pretty easily. 
Yep. Nice. So, or even using that product performance report to say, hey, during these months, this is actually more popular, like ah, you were saying with the golf, right? Yeah. Maybe I want to make sure that I've got more openings for this type of practitioner. Yeah. Yeah. So schedule. again, in the gym, if you're doing like a summer camp thing, that's only popular because they're out of school, right? Yeah. So that's going to, yeah. <laughs> you know, June, July, and August, it's going to be popular. But if you're like, what's our income for November of our summer camp? It's like zero. So I wouldn't run, you know, but yeah. I mean, people realize that on this front end, but you sh- definitely should look at that because there are certain times of the year that are very opportunistic. I have a friend whose gym, the most profitable thing they do. And I think there's a gen- genius idea is they offer. So what he saw is, as you know, gyms are busy from about 5 a.m. to 7 or 8 a.m. So let's just say five to set, five to eight, three hours. And then again, about four or five in the afternoon till about seven or eight. So about three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon. And he's like, man, I can't seem to fill that middle time. So he started doing homeschool PE classes for local homeschool families. And just that is his most profitable thing now. Six kids at a time, they do body movement stuff. They do stretching strength, uh, light gymnastics, and then they play games and, you know, movement games. So things like modified dodgeball, uh, balloon, as he calls it, the world's worst named game. Balloon, don't let it touch the ground game. (laughs) Yeah, but he crushes it. But again, it falls off in June and it falls, you know, doesn't start back up until September. And that's just what you got to accept. So let me ask you this, Megan, since you do have that street knowledge of being an office manager, you saw how people got paid, you saw patients come in and you know how hard it is. One thing I love about if you can talk to Megan, it's great. This isn't somebody that's just sat and looked at software all day and doesn't understand the human being that walks up and is pissed about getting misbilled or is angry or is like, I've come 17 times and I'm not getting better as fast as I thought I would. You know, those things are totally normal and part of doing business in this world. But if you were to tell everybody on this, listening to this podcast and assuming they have Jane, three numbers that you think would three reporting things that you think would absolutely predict the health of the practice. Yeah. um, I'll say it again, that product performance report, that's going to be one of my, one of my absolute big ones Um, for my clinic. just, Just for those people listening, if they have Jane, where can they find that? Where do they go? Yes. So up on your top blue bar, Pop into the report section. We're going to scroll down almost to the very, very bottom, like right down at the bottom. It's um, in the billing section, kind of third from the bottom up there. So it says product performance. Product performance. Yep. Great. Product performance. Cool. Um, I absolutely love that report. I spend a lot of time when I go to conferences and people are like, tell me something I don't know. I'm like, let me tell you about the product performance report because I love it. You dive in, you're like, let me tell you something you don't want to hear. This yeah. Jimmy kid is not making any money. Get rid of him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So product performance number one. Give us two more yeah. that you think are our health. Return visit reminders. If people aren't booking or if they're like walking out the door and they're saying, um, you know, uh, I'll book online later, throw mm-hmm. a return visit reminder on their account so that we are gonna have Jane um reach out to them if they haven't actually booked yeah. on the timeline that you want. Yeah. And the return visit reminder report for that with the unscheduled patient report, those two working hand in hand and being able to, you know, pull up the unscheduled patient report, those no shows, hopefully you're not getting any, hopefully you've got those text message reminders going out to them and reminding mm-hmm. them though, you know, mm-hmm. last minute to come in, but those no show appointments, mm-hmm. those late cancellations, that come in. I remember our patients being embarrassed about not, you know, like about missing it and then not wanting to come back, almost ghosting us because of those, you know, those unfortunate events that sometimes come up in life. Yeah. And um and being able to pull those reports, figure out who those people are and maybe offer them something, you know, in our clinic, we used to ask them to bring a food bank donation in. You know, first no show was like not completely forgiving because we wanted them to acknowledge that there was, you know, 
there was an appointment missed, but putting on something like a food bank donation made them feel good about coming back and inviting them back. So we use those, that return visit reminder for that, the unscheduled patients, just to look at those and make sure that people knew that they were invited back and that they were welcome. Yeah. I, I think people underestimate how much guilt a lot of times those, those patients feel. Yeah, absolutely. So was that your three? So product performance, uh, number, the other one was, yeah. Missed, the, I kind of comboed the return visit reminders and the unscheduled yeah. patients there. Okay. Um, and unscheduled yeah. patients uh, mean this is a person who is in the phase where they should actively have yeah. an appointment sitting out there and they don't. Yeah, exactly. With the unscheduled patient report, you have the opportunity to filter with a variety of different things. So I can look at specific yeah. staff members or just the whole health of the clinic, but I can also set um, a day since their last visit. So if I want to say, who have I not seen in the last two months or who have I not seen in the last six months or something like that. Um, but I also have the ability to look at who was a um, cancellation or no-show and really like hold into those ones specifically. Mm. And that allows me to set that language a little bit different. So first of all, I'm going to work on those no-shows and cancellations because that's the health of my clinic. I need those people coming back and I really want them coming back. But then, you know, I'm going to use the language of inviting them back and whatnot. But then if I'm just doing a recall, just, (laughs) then I might use different language for that. I haven't seen this person in, you know, three months, six months, whatever it may be. Yeah. And I know that when I did that in my old, yeah, my old clinic, when we used to phone and do those and you have the opportunity of phoning or having Jane reach out. I like Jane to reach out personally, but people always felt really good about being thought of. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you this, the, one of the most rewarding and saddest stories ever, we started implementing sending out a a birthday text. So it'd be a text with a picture of uh, me and my crew with like a stupid party hats we bought at the party store, like $0, you know, party hats. And we had like a sign that said, happy birthday. And it was just us at the front desk. Right. And so this person would get a thing like, happy birthday, Megan. And then there'd be this picture of us. Uh, you know, and we had a guy come in on his birthday. And he's like, man, that was great. You guys send that picture. It's the only message I got about my birthday today. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, that breaks my heart, but I'm glad that we send it out because it did mean something to him, you know, and it was just a fun picture. And, yeah. you know, uh, I think one of us is holding a cake or something. It's just, like stupid because we just bought a cheap cake at the grocery store and like those party hats, but to him it mattered and it showed you cared. Yeah. And those things are are really good, subtle trust building, you know, we're all about trust, like trust building marketing methods that don't feel like slimy marketing methods. You know, you're just like, Hey, they're not salesy. Yeah. You matter. Yeah. They're authentic. Yeah. That's right. Like, what would you do for your friends? So yeah, I love that. I was, it's funny that you mentioned those two things because without saying it, so I talked to a guy yesterday and he said the easiest way that you can turn a um, unsuccessful practice around. Okay. The easiest way is star tracking. What he said was a, um, what do you say? Patients leaving with no appointment scheduled. So it's a person actively coming in. They don't have appointment scheduled. He said, start tracking that number. doesn't matter what it is. He said, if that number gets over 75%, meaning 75% of people are having a next appointment scheduled, 75%, he said, your clinic will yep. grow. And he's, yeah. he's, he, uh, provides a software and he's dove into like over 300 different, uh, of all, uh, offices of all different kinds. And he says, if that goes over 75%, if 75% of the people walking out the door, have an appointment scheduled, your office will grow. And flip side, he yeah. said, your office will not grow if that number is under 50%. So yeah. you can be as great as you want, but if 50% of your people are leaving without a uh, visit scheduled, he's like, you're not going to grow. So I thought that was really good information. 
Yeah, and I love the return visit reminder aspect of our appointment scheduling Mm -hmm. um, for that reason, because the way that the return visit reminder works is if you set up saying, I want to see this person again in two weeks, Mm -hmm. Jane, on the day that you set the reminder to go out, so I want them to book next week, Jane's going to search the system. Is there an appointment six days on either side of that suggested date? And if there is already an appointment, so they left your clinic without booking, but went online and booked that appointment, Jane's going to recognize that there's an appointment within that time frame and not send out the return visit reminder. So you're not going to bombard the patients or the clients that don't need that return visit reminder, but then the ones that didn't book because their life got busy. It slipped their mind. They don't understand the importance of why they need to come back. Mm -hmm. Then we can reach out to them and you can always throw in those little personalized messages there, you know? And then the same thing with those no-shows and late cancellations. When you mark somebody as a no-show or you mark them as canceled, Jane will automatically invite you to schedule that return visit reminder. But that's something that, you know, I loved using in my clinic. And I always recommend to people when I'm talking, because I love that and setting up multiples. If you have them on a care plan. Yeah. You just, (laughs) you've got so many great, great, great golden nuggets here, Megan. We've got to do a part two here off uh, in a couple (laughs) months of other, other features that we forget about. You just mentioned one that I've presented on three or four times, which is, you know, in Jane or whatever EMR you're using or whatever messaging system, I beg you, please go in and change the standard language. In Jane, I know you can go to language settings and then you can change yeah. what does the message say when they're booking a new appointment? What does it say when they're you're doing a patient reminder? What does it say when they're missed appointment, you know, uh, contact? Yeah. It's, you know, it's people who are building a software who wrote that language at first. It's not going to match you and how you address your patients and how, what your voice is. And so work to make it your voice, you know, and then ask your best friend or, or your mentor or your spouse or partner, whoever go, Hey, let me run this by you. Does this sound like me? You know? And, and so what I always hate is like, uh, uh, I go to this pulmonologist and and they have great systems with horrible language. It's like the reminders are set at the right time and the, you know, for the right yeah. reasons, but it's like, uh, you are scheduled for an appointment on this day, please arrive 10 minutes oh. early. And I'm like, thank you robotic. You know, that was great. I really feel good about coming in there. Whereas if it said, you know, Hey Josh, just as a reminder, you've got an appointment on this day. We'd appreciate you arriving 10 minutes early in case we have paperwork. would be like, no yeah. problem. But when they demand that I show up 10 minutes early, I'm like, hey, who's paying? You know, you're yeah. violating our relationship here. So I think changing yeah, those language absolutely. settings, pour yourself a, a, a cup of your best favorite uh, morning drink and you can bust it out in about two hours on a Saturday, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And just for those of you who haven't explored that um, on the top blue bar, head into settings. And then there is going to be the section called language. A lot of people never explore this because they think it means, you know, English, French, Spanish, Chinese, whatever language. And it's not, it's what language would you like Jane to use on your behalf? I told Allie one time, I said, this tab should be changed to uh, I care about my patients tab, you know, like, <laughs> right, right, yeah. exactly. It is so powerful. And how many messages are there? I mean, there's got to be seven in there, at least that you can change the language on. Oh, there's, I would say even more than that. Even there than is that? Yeah. a lot. Yeah, there's, yeah. I mean, I'm scrolling. And yeah. I'm okay. keep scrolling. Yeah, there's yeah, so it'll take you a couple hours but, to go through, yeah. but make it sound like you. And if you have something, yeah. you know, I think, if you serve a niche population or it's like you have a really funky way of, of doing it or, or, um, or there's secret language within your little group that you treat. So my, my business partner for a while treated triathletes primarily. They've got their secret language of splits and T2, T1, all those things. Uh, golfers have their secret language, you know, like, uh, uh, and certain communities have secret language where it can give that group a ton of trust in you as a provider and just reassure them that they're in the right place. You know, so yeah. um, if you're, you know, working on 
MMA fighters, multi, you know, mixed martial arts fighters, there's probably some language where they don't want to be treated like a little baby. And so if you just change your language to be like, hey, blah, 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 let's roll. That might make sense to them. You know, they might be like, oh, I'm in the right place. And those subtle tips can make a huge difference. Totally. Totally. And, you know, all the communication that Jane sends out should be an extension of the conversation that you had with your client or that you will have with your clients. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Megan, we are up against the clock, but this has been fantastic. I think that anybody listening that uses Jane's software is going to get a kick out of this. So many great nuggets. And we should definitely do a, a part two so that we can dive into some other ones. If you have time in a few months, I would love it. Love it. I would yeah. love that. Well, fantastic. Well, Megan, if somebody is like, oh, that, that she spoke right to me. I use Jane. And how, can they get a hold of you or how can they reach out to kind of find, uh, dive into more of what you're talking about? Well, the very great thing is, is that being an internal trainer at Jane, I tell all of our customer um, support representatives that are helping you out all these things. So I'd like to say there's a little bit of Megan in, in every single one of us that'll be helping. A little bit of like uh, like cinnamon sugar sprinkled on. <laughs> That's a, right. Sprinkling yeah. it everywhere. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. All right. So engage support. They're there to help. And uh, how many support agents are there in Jane now? Oh, well over a hundred, 150. Yeah. yeah. Lots I, of us. Yeah. Lots of them. And they're being trained personally every day by Megan. She doesn't sleep. She doesn't, she doesn't go home. <laughs> she just trains them to make sure that you have an awesome experience with Jane. So definitely check it out. Well, Megan, on behalf of every listening, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, and for those listening, as we say, always, you know, changing the language, building up those, the, using those reports will help you do the very thing that we always say, which is, Go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Megan, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.